Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that wore blue laces on our Doc Martens back in the day to show how straight edge we were. My name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we got out of Nerdvana and went out and screened a new release. This is a Draft House Recommends pick. This is mm-hmm. 2015's The Green Room. But before we go any further, let me remind you guys, we are part of the ever-expanding Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our past episodes over at BoomHowdy.com, or if you're like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes, Stitcher, or or SoundCloud apps, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your siege hole. Perfect. Just looking forward to those every time now. Actually, I'm just like, what's he going to say this time? And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm legitimately going, I can't wait what he says there. Uh, but don't forget also, guys, you can follow us on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead, and you can keep up with all of our nightmarish shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And speaking of nightmare shenanigans, we do have some Alamo hosting gigs. Yes, bringing all your nightmares true. For the month of May here, which, and I'm the two we're doing are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of them we're going to be doing a spe- specific episode here on nightmare junkhead and the other one we might as well we might as well dude it's gonna be a lot of fun so on uh, may 15th at the alamo it is a seven o'clock we are screening and this is a mondo screening so you know there's gonna be some dope prizes and now i have it on good authority that we are going to be giving away the lp of this of this little movie here and um this is one we've actually talked about it before when we're going (laughs) doing our women in horror month it's a legend of zelda it is oh god (laughs) you know I opened up the Dark Crystal with a little PTSD thing. This is the same thing with this film, man. I Weird. heard you say nope in the Dark Crystal. <laughs> Watch it. You're sitting there, and I heard you say nope. Did and you, then, yeah, did I'm, you hear me see the, do the same thing when they when they did the little yeah at the thing? very end? And I've never heard you talk in the movies not once. Uh, right? We are talking about but Mary Harris. Nope, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I don't want to be buried in the Pet Cemetery. No. <laughs> this film that's contains to me one of the single scariest yeah. moments tension building characters just <laughs> yeah yeah Zelda. I, sometimes dead is better sometimes not viewing this is better i don't know <laughs> right? i so i don't know if anyone is in the same boat was this a scary movie for you yes fuck yeah fuck yeah it was okay because it's got all the tropes of a scary movie for me not only does it have that fucking scary carry uh scary uh, zelda mm-hmm. oh. but it's got crazy creepy kids yes which is oh, one of my, my thing and it's got evil ass animals which is another one of my the thing was that scurry and run and will fuck you up don't, cats yeah cats don't my cat here you say right because she's over there going you don't like cat much like I'll oh, take care oh of you're watching pet cemetery well i've been waiting for this one shit so yeah that's going to be a lot of fun on may mm-hmm. 15th and because it is a mondo uh giveaway that means we're going to be making you do something potentially you're embarrassing gonna... <laughs> in front of your friends i don't know you know we haven't really put it together yet but maybe a little ramones, ramones karaoke or may- yeah or maybe like uh come dressed up like uh, fred gwynn oh god <laughs> best fred gwynn accent <laughs> fred oh. but you know it will be worth it guys with a mondo giveaway and then just that following week uh tuesday may 24th 
our continuation of the horror show. Yep. And this is the one where we are programming, and the horror show, what it is, it's uh, 35 millimeters horror films. Mm-hmm. All horror, all 35 all millimeter. grainy and poppy and wonderful. In fact, our last screening we had for Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, in which we released the episode here, oh my goodness, that was... <laughs> That our was, props to Brett, our, yeah. our friend, oh, most friend of the podcast. Most for, definitely. Because that was a, and it was a great print to watch, mm-hmm. but I know he was saying like, man, that was a, you know, just, just hellacious in terms of working. So our heart goes out to him because that's the, like you said, right. the charm of this whole thing is those, mm-hmm. those prints is sometimes they're pristine like they were with Suspiria. And sometimes there's more and challenging. More, yeah, more little grainy and pop. Um, but again, adds to the character and the charm of reliving these films in the theater. Just oh, yeah. That entire I, experience. hit a nostalgia when we were watching it. Oh, man. it was just so like, much uh, fun. Like, And even though I've seen the movie dozens of times, still, it's just like, this is the way to do it. It really this is. This is the way to do it. That, that shared communal experience mm-hmm. again. And so mm-hmm. on May 24th, you guys, um, this one is... Like this is yours. Yeah, Dream Warriors was definitely one of your first yeah. picks. This is definitely one of the first ones I wanted to do. Um, in my opinion, it is one of the most perfect. It's just the finest example of an '80s horror film. Yeah, just in terms of because I would agree with that. You know, the '80s it's was de- decadence and everything, and 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 if you watch it, you're so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. It's yeah. You of course we were talking about uh, Tom Holland's classic. Fright Night. Mm. So 35 millimeter Fright Night screening. You're going to get to see Evil Ed on the big screen. Yep. You get to see Jerry Dandridge. Marcy Darcy. Oh my God. Just every Herman's head. Herman's head. We're yep. talking, uh, you know, Billy, uh, Billy Stark. Just mm-hmm. everyone. And of course, the, the, the eternal, the greatest Peter Vincent vampire mm-hmm. killer. <laughs> Just the, the score itself. I, I can't wait to record the episode because yeah. I have so much to talk about that film. Oh yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites. So we <coughs> hope to see you guys out there. We'll be giving away all sorts of good stuff. Um, we'll have the trailers leading up then mm-hmm. for next month's release show yeah which is going to be a lot of fun but you know if you guys enjoy it uh, you know enjoy uh, supporting good local horror stuff mm-hmm. tweet at the alamo draft house let them know you guys enjoy this or yeah hit us up and if you've got any requests let us we'll, we'll take a look we'll take a look into the archives and then also um don't forget to check out this month's uh money and mystery movie night oh yes our uh yes summer camp slasher over at nerds of nostalgia yeah. our monthly movie night at tapcade yep we are doing it's a yeah a summer camp movie a summer camp horror movie. Yes. It, and the thing about this one, it's not always a horror one, but when we're going to do definitely something horror, we want to let you, we wanna let you know. We want to let you know. And I will be uh, wearing a, a, 80s era, you know, appropriate clothing. <laughs> Who wears short shorts? Dun, 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 so, dun, as it as was said before, you know, consider the front row a, uh, a Gallagher-esque s- splash zone section there. Gross. Yeah, it's going to be a little gnarly there, unfortunately. But speaking of the horror show, let us talk a little bit about the film that we got a chance mm-hmm. to, to, to see over at, actually, the Alamo Draft House. We were talking about... Um, the Green Room, mm-hmm. which is a uh, was written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier, and I have heard so much hype, hype. Yeah, yeah, over this film. So before we really get into the review proper, two mm-hmm. questions for you, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before on this podcast because in terms of things that we decide to review and talk about, yeah, sometimes we feel we have to justify talking about a certain film on a horror podcast, like, a po- like our post-apocalyptic. Exactly, film. exactly. So, this film, I think, is... I, I Number one, I really, really, really liked it, mm-hmm. but I pose the question to you, do you think this film can be qualified or classified as a horror film? That's a hard one, you know, because, one, there are very horrific elements, 
and but there's also a lot of tension and suspense. Um, but I think at the end of the day, with the, just the pure like gnarly violence of it all, I would classify this as horror because this is also like like a home invasion type horror. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not monsters per se. But definitely, there's a sense of dread, and you're going to get fucked up. Right, humanity yeah. itself can right. be the horror. Right. So, and so, yeah. so this will work as a horror film. I would for think you. so. So, let me ask so. you then this, um, because it's very much a siege film, mm-hmm. first and foremost, and right. it's hard. It's kind of channeling its inner John Carpenter, yeah. if you will. How would you qualify or classify a Sultan Precinct Thirteen? I think that that would be more like action thriller. Action thriller. Se. Yeah, because, I mean, while there is, like, no, like, it's the sun doing it and shit, you mm-hmm. know, or the radioactive race, there can be a little bit of a horror element, but I think the fact that it's street toughs, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, like, just, it's very action-orientated, because they have a lot of guns from the word get, you know? And that's, I remember one of the, um, re-watching Assault on Precinct 13, uh-huh. my thoughts actually ran to, rather than a western siege, but I went back to uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh-huh. in terms of kind of the, like, what it channeled, and that horrific feeling where there were bits when I was watching that movie that I still experienced that sense of terror, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is important in terms of qualifying things. Yeah. Um, I'll even uh, go back to certain movies that are, is it or is it not a horror film, uh-huh. but I remember the very first time I ever watched the movie Platoon. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. It was on HBO in my bedroom, and by the time that end scene hit, when that that last uh, little that battle mm-hmm. uh, where um, uh, Berenger finally turns on you know Sheen's character, right? But all the horrific sh- shit that was going on, I was literally wrapped up in a bed sheet, like whimpering because it was so intense and scary yeah. that that was a more horrific experience for me at the time than rewatching like a Halloween film. Uh, you wow. know, I mean, and I and it was I think there was the real world element uh-huh. that pulled me into it because thinking like this has had happened, yeah. but also of course the way it was shot, but it legitimately scared me. Huh. Like it truly terrified me. So would you consider you wouldn't consider platoon I horror? I wouldn't consider would platoon horror, no, uh-huh. but because it has so much horrific elements and a horrific effect on the viewer. Very much so huh. that I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't regret talking about it as we are now on a right. horror podcast. Because of, you know, the element uh, just in terms of maybe the catharsis and the pathos it reveals and mm-hmm. you know lets out in us. Well, you know what, maybe I was thinking about it, maybe the difference between the that horrific feeling you get with a war movie versus a horrific feeling you get with like a siege movie mm-hmm. or something, maybe it's because of the lack of guns. Sure. Because if you add guns into the mix of one of those types of movies, it then moves on to action with horrific elements as opposed to like a horror thriller or something. And it's interesting that just a little small detail yeah. like that can shift it from one genre to another. Right. Because, I mean, then you go further down where the, they, there's no weapons at all from the people trying to get in and then it's pure zombie. It so, almost, yeah, it almost, yeah, there's, there's, it turns into action, then to thriller kind of horror and then into hardcore horror. Yeah, so. it's really interesting how that, that almost like that little, um, that chain right. works. Mm-hmm. Well, it almost goes <clears throat> down to like genre and subgenres and so forth. Yeah. But it's interesting though the fact that it's the outsider mm-hmm. that really dictates what it potentially could be. But I think bringing back to the main subject at hand, I think if any movie will provide a horrific experience, experience for the player or for the viewer, it's fair game on this show. Uh, oh, absolutely. You and know? that's why I, I really like the fact that we can open it up to that because yeah. I really want to talk about this film. So I right. also agree. Right. I think this truly does qualify as a horror film. Yeah. And I think just not even necessarily having to break it down on like a philosophical level or anything like that. But, but it's just, gory as fuck. It, oh, it's truly gory. This movie's gory as fuck. This like is, realistic looking gore. 
on a visceral level, yeah. this affected me. Like I saw people reacting, yeah, almost like they were watching the raid. Just that that physical mm-hmm. reaction mm-hmm. because the violent. Well, it's interesting. Fuck, the raid might be horror, dude. That it's, is a <laughs> that is an intense fucking movie, man. I, it ranks up as one of my favorite uh, all time theater going experiences. Right. But actually, this is a this is a film I'm really glad we got to see in the theater. Yeah, because I think it plays really well in the theater mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. The sound design. I think there's really, really, really good elements of sound design in this film, but I also think there's some elements of sound design that hurt the film in a way. I would like to see this movie. This is a good theater movie experience, but I would also think that it would be a good sitting home alone in the dark experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because then you have the more feeling of like isolation and like there's no one else to help you you know and then you have the different sounds in your own home theater i think this is a by yourself in the dark movie and a whole big group movie so we we mentioned we were going to talk into two things before we get into the the uh review proper we talked about so we definitely agree this is horrific mm-hmm. um second we talked about the hype on this one yeah and we've had a lot of Heavily hyped horror, if you will, yeah. within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. To the point, you know, for example, you know, we had kind of a, you know, uh, deferring opinions on It Follows. Right. But that was a very heavily hyped horror film. Um, I think recently, because there's not so many big horror films, mm-hmm. whenever there is one that comes out, people flock to see Think it. about The Witch. Right. And then they're like, okay, so... I really want to, it looks great. I love horror. I want to go see this. And then it's a different type of hype than like big blockbuster hype. Well, and that's the thing. I'd been, we'd been actually hearing hype on this since last year in 2015 right, right. when it hit the film festivals uh-huh. initially. I mean, people were losing their shit. They're just, but with, especially with the hype like that, what you're talking about, people can really hate it and you wind up, you go and see and you love it like the witch mm-hmm. or other people can, you know, people hated the People hated the witch. Oh, I, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. But when, and then on the opposite side, you have, um, like it follows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's like there's hype 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 and hype. even i and am then, i was i yeah, was yeah you were hyping it up and, and and then i was like okay oh yeah this happened okay i yeah. just saw that but so, so i mean the, the i think the issue though is with the hype has the potential yes. of misleading you setting up false expectations yes. ultimately like when i get hype, when i get the hype level i get afraid because right. of the letdowns in the past right and so, you know, I, I even um, Kelly from uh, our friend Kelly from the Netflix was and Chill talking podcast. about how good this movie was. Ryan was talking our buddy about Ryan. It, yeah. Right? So I mean, every and people trusted sources that we know. Right. right. All the fanboy sites have been saying, dude. And the one word they use is intense. Yeah. This is the most intense film that you're going to experience. And okay, now okay, so let's start from there. Uh, I in terms of the hype, I had one guy I read on a, a review. He was like, dude. I, you know, who needs seven minute abs when you've got this film? Because, you know, he was like, I clenched so much that entire oh, film, okay. that kind of shit. Like, uh-huh. I mean, people are reacting in that kind right. of way. I'll admit, I thought it was an intense film. Uh-huh. Was it the most intense film I've seen? No. No. And you're, you've, even you're, if you could, if you could see Genius's body language right now, it's just very laid back. You were not involved with it. What was it? I, the, the one, the hype was way too much. Okay, so because and I've been I've been saying I've been trying to go in cold, but goddamn, you can't help but hear about the hype in this movie. I mean, there's big fucking posters of it everywhere, like quotes. There's shit all over. People are losing their shit, and so now I I guess since I don't fall into the hype machine when I do, I'm like, all right, cool, let's do this, right? Sure. I go in there and I'm thinking like. 
Nah. Oh man. Nah. So so rather than engaging you, it actually almost isolated you. There was a, yeah. I I mean like I was I guess my expectations were so high, especially because like you know raised on like Carpenter mm-hmm. and like all these other like uh, slow burn siege movies type things, or even like fast paced siege mm-hmm. movies. I'm like I haven't seen a good siege movie in a while. I'm ready for some old school, right? And so like, but it just. I don't know. It was intense. Don't get me wrong. This yeah. movie was super intense, and I really enjoyed this movie, and I want to see it again. But was I like, this is the end-all, be-all siege movie? I'm like, no. I kind of, I don't know. I wanted a little, I had issues with Okay, this. no, so let's, um, so in terms of the description of the movie, it's very basic, and what I like about it is the simplicity, because right. if you try to make things too complex, you right. lose it. But it's basically this little punk band, the Ain't Rights, mm-hmm. um, portrayed by a, just a murderer's row of awesome young and upcoming character actors. Fucking maybe. Maybe from Arrested Development. Right? Um, Alicia Shawkat, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, Anton Yelchin, who was in... Um, just What did we watch recently that, that he, he was, was in? Because oh, um, he's a really just a really strong up He's been in a lot of things. Uh, he's he was, in Star Trek. Yeah, he's in Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. He was in the Terminator uh, franchise. Uh-huh. But he's, he was in the Fright Night remake, mm-hmm. which, you know, yeah. that's, we'll be talking about that. Yeah. Um, but no, there's um, and so many good people. Um, Imogen Poots is really... <laughs> Really good in that Imogene in this room. Poots. Imogene, Imogene, thank Imogene. you. Rocking the little <laughs> Chelsea haircut. Poops, poots. <laughs> uh, and even on the um, so you've got this. Yeah, the Ain't Rights, uh, uh-huh. little struggling punk band. They end up getting uh, this gig in this you know out of the wo- out of the way right. woods cabin, <laughs> the outhouse. It's very much. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's. I if anyone's listened to the podcast, they know I'm a metal fan. Uh-huh. I was kind of raised in the metal scene, but I also had a foot in the punk scene. Um, therefore, a while I got really big into ska and shit like mm-hmm. that, and those two are attached hip to hip. So we we used to go to shows all the time, which would ultimately get taken over by skinheads. <laughs> and what was really interesting is there was there was always. Um, separate camps you had the sharps which were like the skidheads against racial prejudice uh-huh. so they were the cool skins and then you had the neo-nazis and this and that so right. it was always hard to differentiate but you would always be able to tell by like you know like the color of their uh, braces the uh-huh. suspenders and the laces and shit and you get all that kind of interweave inter- interweaved in like this. the bloods and the crips yes very much so yeah. there's always the the, the, the factions mm-hmm. uh, so just kind of seeing that um, if you've ever listened to Henry Rollins mm-hmm. uh, back in his day when he was um, leading the band back black flag mm-hmm. he has a really good uh, book called get in the van and it's all about his tales of touring but they, it is just inevitably the shows would end with skins coming in and just fucking everything up and so like if you <laughs> they're like it's game over skinheads oh, are here they were they were the party crashers right? man i mean and they were just some of the people like the most monosyllabic people but the ones that could just whoop your ass right you know because it was just exactly you know you had to you know just like break things down very (laughs) fundamentally for them but they would whoop your ass and so it was just it was a presence that you're always looking out for Uh and so even just well i I think what i liked about this film was and again i never toured with any of my buddies i was never any bands or anything like that but the identification of Mm -hmm. i knew those kids yeah that were all in that band that you know went out and traveled and did all those things and so I knew all those all those kids. I knew all the little anecdotes, the the archetypes that were in there, so I mm-hmm. identified with them. So this is more of a personal. It, like, that's what worked for me yeah. in terms of that's what actually pulled the intensity in for me because the fact I did actually care a lot about these kids. Yeah. Um, but what I think what actually works in that benefit is also a detriment because I think they tried to have us empathize a lot with some of the skinhead characters. Yeah, there was a lot of like not friendly skinheads, right. but like well. 
There was also there was there's there's all this like <laughs> the friendliest skinhead. Well, yeah, this no, fall. that was actually um, Macon uh, Macon Blair. I think is <laughs> he's the one that was uh, he was Gabe. He was the friendly one. He was yeah. the one that was like wishy washy. Uh huh. Had a, had that like little shades of gray going on. Are we gonna uh, spoilers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course we're talking spoilers on this one. Uh, but actually, I just the way he was portrayed, I actually kind of didn't feel bad for him. No, but like you know, kind of he's in his over his head exactly. And- yeah, when in a situation like that, I mean, because like, everything really escalates quickly because um, they open up their set with the whole, you know, Nazi punks fuck off mm-hmm. antagonizing all these skins. But then they play the rest of their set. It almost shows like they almost like kind of win them over, win them over they a little. They do. They do. It's like, oh, oh God, you got the balls to do that. Okay, what you got okay. next? All right, cool. That's awesome. Let's party. And so that you get all that. And then this what's the I think the beauty of this film is how close you come for all this stuff not happening mm-hmm. because ultimately they um, they forget their phone back in the green room then they of course they stumble in on a murder and shenanigans and and it just goes from there yeah and then that's where things start escalating but at that point like i said i kind of identified with them i felt bad for them and i think that's the important thing in a horror film if you don't you know humanize your characters then Uh they just become fodder see I didn't humanize it. Okay, okay. So for you, they just didn't work? Because, especially from the beginning, there was a part where I thought to myself, this movie better get a hell of a lot better or I'm going to check out right now. Was it... It was at the beginning, and it was like building their own little characters and stuff. And when they're like, doing the interview with the little like, punker, oh, let's and push all, yeah, the interview with the punker, and then like the the whole like like the little shenan the adventures of the happy punk band, right? Because I mean, it is very a Scooby esque kind of setting, right? And then I was like, mm, okay, so I'm where's this siege happening? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I'm not. I'm always down for instant gratification. I'm good with the slow burns. I was good. Yeah, you are very much a fan of the slow burn, right? And but this one, I was like. I now, get two shits about these kids. Do you think potentially it's because you weren't necessarily um, ingrained in the punk scene at all? Well, I, okay, because here's the thing. Being Mexican, I don't hang around with a lot of skinheads. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know better than to go places bit where skinheads are going to yeah. go, right? Just, the, you the, don't clo- wa- the closest thing to a skinhead I ever deal with is Mount Baldy. Mount Baldy himself. So, and he's like the nicest dude. So I don't... I don't. Yeah, you don't walk no. over uh, potholes and, and you don't And I don't fuck up. with skinheads. You know what I, I mean? Just, that's just common sense. I agree. I, agree. I, 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 don't, I don't think even if I wanted to, they would be like, oh, yeah, come on, dude. Come on. Bring your brown ass over here and let's party. You know, I, it, it's not going to happen. So that, <laughs> I mean, I like, like, I like punk music. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like the more not mainstream punk, sure. but like, you know, more accessible punk. Well, so I wasn't like, I, and I didn't, I really didn't give two shits about the band. I could, sure. I could really care less. And it's not, and it wasn't like, cause I don't care about bands or anything like that, but I was like, were they were these, they just these maybe one dimensional? Yeah, they just seem like punk kids. And when I mean punk kids, I mean both like you know punk kids, as in they yeah. play punk or like you punk kids, you know, like crotchety shaking my fist at them. And that's what I had the problem with, and especially some of the dumb shit they do in the first place. And then when the shit goes down, I was like, you dumb punk kids, you know. Well, they end up, of course, everything escalates, right? Um, and they bring in ultimately the leader of the the leader of the the skinheads. And the whole, like, owner of everything. And one of the reasons why everyone, you know, is praising this film Mr. is... Mr. Patrick Stewart. Life Force's mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart playing yeah. Darby, the lead skin. <laughs> skin. Skinhead number two. Make it so. I was kind of anticipating that. Right? Now, you think about, though, Patrick Stewart. This is a man that is just a Shakespearean trained actor, but he's being, he's playing this, what could be a very campy, 
over the top role. Yeah. You know, think of Pacino channeling, you know, Satan and the devil's advocate. Stacy Keach in American history. Acts, yes, you yes. Know, you know, just, like, just we're going, going over the we're top. We're going to take over the N word and like that. And so. But ultimately, you get him playing it very reserved. Right. He's not like end this and end no, that. No, he is not. No, I He's, think maybe once. You know, he does let it slip one one time talking about the dope. Yeah, and that kind of took me out of it too. Really? That really did because just that one time. I don't think I don't I think it was there to say like, "Oh, don't forget, he's, he's a, a he's a bad guy." You know, like, "Ah." Eh. But if you watch the whole thing, I mean, you already know. He's hanging out. He's leading the skinheads. We don't need like a little more exposition. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what was, I think, again, a detriment to the film is they tried to bring some backstory and with all, all these yeah, skins. And I didn't give a shit about the skinheads either. It's Well, it didn't affect me enough to take me out of the film. But at the same but it's time, something I, I, was, I, I needed to know. Because right. I'm like, okay, so now why the fuck is this guy helping this guy? And why the fuck is that guy pissed off at this guy? I mean, I don't want to say all skinheads look alike. <laughs> you <laughs> no, know? But at the same time... I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. Differential um, colors on suspenders and laces can only go so far. Right. You know, they, there's... Yeah, especially if you know, all they got is, like, green jackets and jack boots. You know what I'm saying? There's... Okay, so... I so I'm so I kind of got lost in some of that. Like, I did too. I did what, too. What the fuck was Imogene Poots doing there in the first place? Who was she fucking? What was what was going on? You don't get any. I of that. don't get it. Right. The only one I know why are there the fucking real skinheads and then the fucking band. Everybody exactly. else, I'm like, why the fuck? I'm I'm lost now. I'm, okay, so. so now so that took you. Well, here I think the issue though is you weren't in, in you know invested enough in the characters that to really your mind doesn't necessarily wander, but then you pick up on shit like that and mm-hmm. you'll focus on it and you're like, uh, because. I noticed it too, but it didn't take me out of the film. It didn't take me out in the long run because it's still a fucking violent, gory movie, and you can it puts the violence in your face. Well, ultimately, yeah, that's what's kind of crazy is the way the siege, the whole siege thing sets up is interesting yeah. because they they constantly tell them it's not that you can't leave, you just have to stay. Yeah, and the way it's delivered, it's very threatening. But in a way, though, that it's also not it's- because, and then that's another thing. It's like, okay, if you would have just like, all right, we're gonna leave and we're gonna go. If they would have been like, because I at the beginning I didn't feel that they were literally going to kill them and not make them leave. That okay. So do you think at that point when it initially escalated, if they would have just leave the gas and walk away, exactly. right? If they just would have done that, I think everybody would have been on their merry way. But then the fact that they kind of overreacted. Hmm. To me, he like ah, he like mm-hmm. just went all like berserker rage. Well, the went fight out. or flight instinct kicks in, of course. Yeah, so that's what I was like, dude. If you, everybody just stays calm, plus Patrick Stewart, that that's the thing about his his portrayal. It was intimidating, but yet friendly. Sure. Oh, yeah, well, this is not the first time that he's probably had to pull out this, you know, call this protocol down. Right. So that's why I'm thinking but then finally you realize, oh, he's going to kill him. Because I, I didn't re- I didn't think that he was going to kill him from the word jump. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that would have been more like I need to pacify the situation somehow before it gets out of hand. Right. You know, but... But ultimately, I think, yeah, he comes down to kind of calculating the odds. At what point do their their lives he, become Right, then he goes, obsolete. okay, it's too late. You know, if we would have done this 10 minutes or 15 minutes ago, we wouldn't be at this point. Well, it's interesting enough, too. You mentioned in terms of the transition from going from, like, just a regular zombie trying to get into something with knives to something with guns. And dogs. That also escalates. Oh, my God. That escalates the self in the film because, yeah, yeah at first he says no guns. Uh-huh. Only knife. He's, so he's very calculated in terms of how they're going to try to get to him. Right. We don't want to cause any more, like... But 
that initial escalation when it's um i believe Woo. it is uh pat's arm is out of the door Woo. and but, you see him react yeah Ooh, and then when he pulls it out it's just it looks like just Gnarly, chopped up meat. Just, oh, just gashes. I wanted and... to give a shout out to the special effects guys on this one. It's um, Joe Badiali and Michael Marino mm. because there's some really good practical yeah, gore in is. this film. And then, like, even when Imogene Poots, when she got all crazy, bitch, and she slit that dude. Oh, the stomach slice. That made me go, oh! But then I'm like, why did you kill him? He was passed out, you know. And she, so, but well, it's it's a reaction it was, to violence, and that's yeah. the thing with this film. As violent as it is. I do think that the entirety of the film is very restrained. Yeah. I, it, 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 weirdly enough, because the, vi- the the acts of violence are just horrific, mm-hmm. and they're meant to kind of disorient you, which it was, like yeah, I said, no, it was, our theater reacted yeah, I with mean, that. It was, and the blood, the way it squirted, oh. it wasn't like, it wasn't Kill Bill. No, no, no. But it was, it was just, just like a, a good stream, just like whoosh, An arteral one. Yeah. Oh, it was horrific. Ooh. But I think, though, the fact that with that initial attack, you don't see any of it, but you see the aftermath of it. Right. And that, the, was, that was more, that was really effective it was but then also there's the the gory stomach slit you and, see that and then the dogs oh the dogs my now, god the, the one thing i will give this movie mm. about especially when it comes to the violence and everything it's not afraid to kill off people you your main characters sure it's not afraid to do that and i was like pleasantly surprised although when spoilers <laughs> spoilers 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 I was bummed when maybe got. Of course, I was. Of course. I wanted her to be like the final girl, you know. Oh yeah, shit. She was. She wasn't. She in the final girls, right? Right. You see, so I kind of wanted him, but oh. when she gets it, ah, oh, Jesus. And let me tell you what. Um, you know, I'll say this from the beginning. It's not a bad dog. It's a bad owner. And right. The owner in this one, man. My God, that guy is just nasty. Yeah. And the kills in this film are, oh. Especially the dog attacks. Mm-hmm. That is some next level gnarliness that it affected me. It, it looked like a real evil oh, dog attack. And these and the worst part is, you know, the fact that these people aren't dead immediately. Oh, no. They're gonna they're, die. They're suffering. And they are in oh my god, it's horrible. And that's the, the in terms of the, the, the violence in this film, it mm-hmm. is very stark in your face. But like I said though, it's very restrained. It, when it happens, it happens, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have enough time to react on it because other shit is going on. Because it doesn't dwell on it. It does not know. Like, hey, all. look what we did. Eh? It's not it's not gratuitous. Which was surprising. It's <laughs> it's visually gratuitous, right. but spiritually not. It's not a it's not a torture porn film, right? Right. By any right, means, right? You know, you are supposed to. I mean, let's let's face it. You, ideally, for the most part, unless you are trained as a soldier or an assassin, when violence happens, usually mm-hmm. you react badly to it. It's it's an, it's a horrible thing. I remember shit talking about hanging out with bad. You know the. the people and punkers and all this this and that somehow or another i ended up seeing this like not necessarily a gang fight but two factions of large people yelling at each other uh-huh. and then two guys went into the middle it was almost like thunderdome <laughs> two <laughs> skins into one skin leaves but everyone was around it but i remember the guy that came from supposedly our side and i don't i was just like how how did i get here <laughs> like who just drove us here how did this happen but this how guy did I get here <laughs> let the skins go by <laughs> I had this really ill-feeling suit. suit. (laughs) I was trying to distract him, you know, music saves and cures all. (laughs) And you may find yourself in the middle of a skinhead fight. (laughs) But the the horrible thing was, though, this guy got just the shit kicked out of him. Like, he was pulpy and wet. Like, (sighs) it looked like something Cronenberg fashioned. (laughs) Like, he was like the effect. And I, I remember seeing it, and I didn't, like... 
vomit, but I just remember feeling <laughs> nauseous. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was new guy in the corner puking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I remember just feeling like I had that like, oh my God, that's horrible. Because mm-hmm. he just looked like not a human. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like he had, he'd, he'd become unmade. And so I think that's, you know, I had that reaction. I think that's what they're going for with, with the violence in this film. Mm-hmm. That it is very ugly. It is not something no, to be celebrated. No, it, it's, it's, it's ugly. And the other thing that I kind of liked with this film is like about three-fourths of the way through the film, I thought we were through with it based on what happened. Right. That final, like, push out. Mm-hmm. Didn't you think at that point? I thought, point, like, okay, cool, they're 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 gone. I and had then... to check my... Because I was like, wait a minute, this seems, like, pretty quick, you know, that's happening. But ultimately, it was just to kind of thin the herd out again. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's rough. Oof. It's really rough here. Uh, but there's a lot of misdirection with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, the way everyone... You have kind of your final... Well, because I didn't expect... Uh... Once again, spoilers. I didn't expect that one skinhead to that was going to help everybody out. I kind of expected him to last a little bit longer. And his I wasn't, demise. I wasn't ready for that. I was just like, oh, shit. And yeah. his story is, again, tied into that backstory. Right. Which, which I, it would, I would like to. I was hoping maybe he would be the one that gets all this shit explained for me. You know, that's well, why when they killed him off, I'm like, wow, wait a minute. The sound design that I, I enjoyed a bit of the sound design, number one, because when they're in the green room and the other bands are playing and just that kind of immense wall of sound uh-huh, is kind of, of disorienting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. But I think also the thing that I had an issue with was a lot of the dialogue especially um patrick stewart's darby he's speaking in this like weird i thought it almost was like ben kingsley and iron man 3 mandarin accent it was like hey um patrick stewart hello thank you like um yeah can you um hide your accent you're supposed to be like american how about if i talk like this it's like they give him a mouthful of molasses, <laughs> and he's uh, just constantly licking at the roof of his mouth. I'll get this. It's fine. I, 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 just, just a bit more practice. I'll make it so. You know? <laughs> Go get me a screwdriver. And like, no, not that kind. Right? And it just seemed to me like it was hard to understand him. And then it was almost like, um, should I tell him cut take two? No, no. Just, no, roll. No, no, just roll with it. Just roll <laughs> just, with it. Yeah. It's in his contract. You know? <laughs> And he is a draw in this film, and he's really good in it. Right. No, no, no. Don't get he's me wrong. Really he's great, but, but you can't understand some of the shit he says. And so that it doesn't, and it's not like hard to follow his accent. It's just hard to hear him. It was really hard to it hear. It was hard to hear him. Yeah. And so uh, that kind of took me out of it, too. Once again, it, okay, why is this happening? What's because the you story? do spend a little bit of time with the skinheads, and they try, like I said, they try to invest some empathy or sympathy in there but i couldn't understand it and i was just like i know i don't need I'm, this uh, yeah it's just i don't know i i i think it all comes down to too much hype yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah no i, mean, I definitely for, understand for me, that for me for me and but i, I mean i also i'm also just def- i will defend this movie too sure. it well, was a good movie i enjoyed my time watching it uh am i gonna go to the theater and see it again no yeah you know i'll wait till maybe i can watch it at home sure you know but it wasn't intense it was a fucking visceral and movie. I'll champion any film where I get to hear Slayer's War Ensemble. That was the, the first thing you said when we walked out of the theater. You go, they had Slayer in that. I'm like, yeah? I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. And I'm like, all right, cool. I know. I, I, I do think it was a very intense film. Yeah, because, it was. Because, again, I cared, for the, I cared for a lot of the characters in there. Um, again, the the, 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 the the visceral level of gore mm-hmm. uh, had a texture to it. It um, was a good movie. I, I Yeah, I again... 
I I'll see it again in the theater because mm-hmm. I think this is one of those films where we do need to try to support it the way we can. Um, but ultimately, you know, is it going to end up on my DVD shelf? Maybe, but I, you know, I do like um, uh, Jeremy Saulnier's his work. You know, at this point, you know, he he did Blue Ruin before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did another one beforehand, uh, uh, Murder Murder Party or something Murder, like that. Yeah, but, no, this was a good movie. It was a good siege movie, and it was yeah. and it was like. It was enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to say if I if I somebody asked me, you know, would you go see it? You no, know, should I go see it? I'm like, yeah, go see yeah. it. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Go see it. You know, and so let's think of a few siege movies. Then that we could also, if you're going to do not necessarily a, a mar- let's do a siege marathon. Four films. The Green Room is one of them. Yeah. What else do we put in there? The Raid. The Raid. Very good call. I could either do the Raid or Dread. Yeah. Either or with that one. Yeah. Uh, now, which of Carpenters do we put Assault in? Assault on Priest. Assault. Because, yeah. you know, you could do... You could you go, could go And you could go Ghost of Mars. Oh, I was thinking uh, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, well, the... Because the, 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 it's yeah. a siege film, too. But yeah. I, you know, Assault on Precinct 13 is kind of classic. I might open up with that. Yeah. You know, just like, kind of like, not campy, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Vanilla Twist. Oh god damn. This is the kind of movie you're these are the this, movies yeah, you're, this in is for, what you're guys. anticipating. This is what you're in for. You, no, so. you got it. You could go Rio Bravo, then Assault Priest on Precinct yeah, 13. Yeah, Rio Bravo would be good. Rio Bravo would be good. But yeah. you know, there's so many good ones out there, you guys. And, and this I, is up there. This I is do a think good this siege. qualifies in it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um before we leave, one question I had for you, and this mm-hmm. was touched upon in the film, is, is you know, it's a it's a music f- uh, film, you know. It's yeah. A, it's a you know ultimately it's a it's a it's a movie about people and bands, but the horrific shit that ultimately befalls upon them. Mm-hmm. But all of them are asked at one point in the film, what is your all time favorite desert island band? You know, the one band that you could take with you if you're stuck on a stranded island. Mm-hmm. So, genius, I pose that question to you. Before we leave, what would be your all time Desert Island Band. Sublime. Woo, really? Mm-hmm. I was not anticipated that one. Sublime. Can you can you just break it just, you know, give a brief rationale for that? One, if I'm on a desert island, I'm gonna need cheering up. <laughs> you know? Two, something about like pop punk ska type stuff, sub like sublime and other but it's like it sounds like I should be on a beach. It's anyway. lively. Yeah. I'm like just gonna make my tent. And, you know, go fishing and have a good time. And then, you know, just party on the night and just, and even cause like it can, it just, it's, it can, they can be like, like groovy mm-hmm. and then, dun, 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 you know, and just, I, did, I would not yeah. have anticipated that as a pick for you, I man. I have to go. I like one. that one. I would have I to like go that one. one, especially cause like, I love their shit, man. Yeah. They're just great. So yeah. Sublime. Nice call. Yeah. I thought about this one. It came down. I would go, uh, John Coltrane. Really, I would go jazz. Surprisingly, <laughs> zobbly bip. Right, but well, he's got you've got his his sad stuff with uh, Alabama, which he uh, wrote in response to the Alabama bombings in mm-hmm. uh, Alabama, Birmingham. Um, you've got his crazy avant garde stuff that is very metal and punk esque. Uh-huh. Uh, then you've got his spiritual stuff. Um, he just every depend any mood you're in, he'll have something that'll work for you. And hmm. I figure if I'm going to be stuck there. I'm going to have a lot of moods. Right. I need something that's going to adapt to it. And then one person that can do it, it's John Coltrane. <laughs> so that sounds good. Man. That's not too bad. That's pretty so cool. anything for the remainder of the week, my friend? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, if you, if you have the means guys, check out the out, green room. Yeah, in the go, theater. Out, go out of the green room and Otherwise, make sure you don't get locked in anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Check your yeah. surroundings, man. Make surrounding. sure there's no fire hazards. <laughs> if you, and if you walk into a murder, run, run, just run, just <laughs> go. 
Walk away. <laughs> Leave the gas and walk away. Well, gang, until next week, guys, my name is Greg D. <laughs> Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams. Oh.